0: Hi, this is Life Coach David. Thanks for listening to the Law of Attraction podcast. You can find out more about me and life coaching at lifecoachdavid.com. And today I am going to finish Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, which was written by Lynn Grabhorn many years ago. But if you've been listening to these past many podcasts, there's some great, great Law of Attraction information in there that can help you in your life because you have the ability to attract what you want. You have the ability to choose to be really happy and stay that way. You have the ability to get through each day in an enjoyable way. It's all possible. And that's what's so exciting about the Law of Attraction. So I'm going to get right into reading. And for those of you that were asking, thank you so much. I am improving. I had some minor surgery on my nose a few weeks ago they found a uh, basal cell skin cancer and it was removed and i'm just recovering from that and apparently i'm gonna have a bandage on my nose for a while but whatever at least it's healing and i can just move forward from that so here we go the last part of excuse me your life is waiting and this section is called the first 10 days That's all there was to my program. One, keep my attention off anything that caused me to worry, which mostly pertained to finances, and two, in its place, instantly install flip switch to whatever was up for me that day to appreciate. For the first three days, though, I hadn't developed the flip switch process, and those days were incredibly rough. I was bowled over by the depth and duration of my negative attention span. I found I slipped into worry at the blink of an eye. I was constantly uptight. No money was coming in, and a lot was going out. My ads were not working, and neither was the new salesperson I had grabbed in panic, who was more into lack than I was. I tried to figure out what I wanted, but it all kept coming out in don't wants. So I gave up on that routine until I knew more about what I was doing. It seemed as if this ever-present undertone of worry never left. Even when I was smiling at people or talking cheerily on the phone, I'd hang up the phone and promptly wonder where the next loan was coming from, then realize what I was doing and try desperately to find something else, anything else, to think about. Since that didn't work, I was really floundering. The hours went by slowly in those first three days. I was appalled at how many times in each hour I was focusing on my lack, a habit that was hard for me to fathom since just a few months before the money had been pouring in like Niagara Falls. But I had the key now, and so help me, I was going to figure out how to use it. By day three, I was finding that probably 97% of my days were given over to worry, concern, anxiety, and fear. That awareness depressed me thoroughly, then made me furious, which suddenly didn't help. I had no idea I had been worrying so routinely, so unknowingly. Talking to myself was useless, and writing a new script was impossible in my frame of mind. That's when I knew I had to find something ready-made to flip into, something with a nice, easy focus yet with a good high vibration. Thanks to my guidance, I chose self-appreciation, thinking that would be fairly easy. Oh, sure. Not only was it harder than I had anticipated, but I found the toughest part was staying there once I got there, which just made me more determined to continue. At any rate, self-appreciation is what I chose, and instantly found that switching from negative to positive was much easier to do. Now I had something concrete to flip into, although I was finding it difficult to feel the appreciation as opposed to simply thinking it, to feel it with an intensity that might start a buzz, even if the item for the day was nothing more than my shaved legs. Sometimes I had to walk outside, take myself away from the office environment, and just stand under a tree until I could jump start with an outer smile and get to that gentle inner smile where I could finally overlay with feeling whatever item of appreciation was up for the day. By day five, I knew things were starting to turn around. Something was working, slowly, yes, but it was working. Although I could still only get into a really up-feeling place for about a quarter of the day, the rest of the day would go fairly evenly, without that incessant somber focus on lack. During those first 10 days, I didn't think I was going to make it. The more I had to flip switch, the more depressed I became that this vibrant person, me, whom people had always viewed as being so positive, up, and happy, was nothing but a common, run-of-the-mill worry wart the very kind of person I used to tell people to stop being. As the days wore on, I began to doubt I could ever reach that coveted time of actually getting through 16 to 18 hours without some degree of anxiety. Sometimes I would get so discouraged, I'd scream at the universe, break into tears, and shove my hands in my pockets to go sulking outside for a walk in profuse self-pity. Indeed, many times during the first 10 days, the possibility of learning to live without that familiar and even comforting vibration of concern that had been such an ally for the better part of my life seemed beyond all hope. What was causing me even more anguish was the distressing realization that I had this much fear to begin with. Well, I had broken out of other addictions, and by damn, I'd break out of this one no matter what it took. On day six... No, don't worry, I'm not going through all 30 days. On day six, for no apparent reason, I went into a wildly deep depression and tears. I was feeling frustrated and angry, but had no idea why. I found out much later it was from a chemical change in my body. Finally, I went out and sat under one of my favorite trees for a while to help me calm down so I could flip switch over to my daily appreciation. It took about 45 minutes before I could plug in, but I did. And to my delight, there were no more tacky feelings for the rest of the day. Today, if I get emotionally sideswiped like that, I instantly ask myself what don't want I'm focusing on or what's been bothering me, and usually find the answer quickly so I can talk it out, talk it down, and let it go. But back then, so early in the first inning, Unless it was something obvious, I just tried to change the feeling. As the first ten days began to wind down, I was aware of dramatic changes beginning to take place. Those out-of-nowhere sensations of foreboding that were washed over me for no apparent reason throughout the day were down to about two, from dozens. The overwhelming preponderance of negative vibrations had ceased. And with that realization, I felt as if I had just conquered Mount Everest nude. I was euphoric. Also, during those first 10 days, I became aware of how difficult it was for me to allow myself to fantasize, to want, and to desire. Oh sure, I give vent to the usual things like more money, enjoying more time to do my work, and so on, but rarely did I ever allow myself to indulge in my deepest dreams. If a fantasy did cross my mind, such as my lifelong desire for a secluded second home on a beautiful mountain lake, I'd simply sigh and shove it deeper inside to remain a foreboding longing. I decided to nip that stupidity in the bud and on day eight went out to split some wood, a particular passion of mine. I began scolding myself out loud, tough love, that darn it all It was high time to bring that old hidden longing and any others, if I found them, out of the closet, turn it into an open-faced want, and allow myself to feel the excitement of it, no matter what. And I did. For one splendid hour, after turning on my buzz and stepping into some feel-good, I chopped wood and talked to the dogs and me about my cabin in the woods by the lake. I described the smells, the trees, the dock, the cabin decor, the sparkles on the water at sunset. The hour flew by in seconds. I had broken through a barrier totally impregnable until now. The barrier of giving to self. I had allowed myself the joy of bathing in a fantasy and turning it into a want. I had just turned another corner and I knew it. Sure enough, That week, the synchronicity started. I saw my lake on TV the very next day. I found it on a calendar. I saw it in a magazine, as if the universe was saying, we heard you, kid, keep it coming and it's yours. And as of this writing, it almost is. Once again, I was euphoric. By day nine, it was time to pay bills again, and I was uneasy. How would I feel? Could I stay out of fear of lack? Could I flip-switch my focus? With a vice-like determination to pay attention to my feelings, I went to my desk. Thank heavens the monthly process was easier than usual, though I found it difficult to flip into and maintain a focus of appreciation. So I broke into song. Why not? Anything to crack that ancient habit of dreading the tenth of the month. It worked fairly well. But I ended up going out into my field to enjoy the late afternoon quiet and get my buzz going. There were no more negative feelings for the rest of the afternoon or evening. In my journal, the last sentence is underlined. I knew I was on a roll. Ideas were starting to pop up all over the place. I would deliberately try to push myself into a negative feeling and found I could not do it. But when one snuck in, I'd smile like a Cheshire cat pat myself on the back for recognizing the feeling, and flip-switch vibrational gears. Finally the day came, that long-awaited day where I knew I had completely relaxed about income, though I still had none, to the point of being honestly unconcerned. God, what a fantastic feeling that was. Out of years of habit, I found I'd still cut loose with all sorts of negative statements like, no, sorry I can't do that with you. I'm too low on funds and don't have enough coming in. Of course I'd feel glum the minute anything like that popped out of my mouth, but from there it didn't take much to find what had caused that feeling, which is always a don't want, and I'd flip-switch myself right out of it. Day by tough day, I was watching a lifetime of unconscious negative thinking and negative emotion dissolve. I was breaking out of an addiction so deep so profound I never even knew I had it. There was no debate. Changing my focus and my feelings was not only possible, it was happening. I waited impatiently to see the lucrative results, a really dim-witted thing to do. The next 20 days were roller coasters. On the up and easy buzzing days, I was showered with fantastic ideas to substantially increase my income. But the down days weren't just a little down, they were under the Grand Canyon <laughs> with a strange new exaggerated moodiness. No one had told me or any of us attempting to control our energies about this rather unpleasant but apparently common occurrence that seems to happen when we start pulling more high-frequency energy into the body. We know now These swings come from the body acclimating itself to the prolonged periods of higher vibrations, which in turn cause a dramatic change in the body's chemical makeup. Since emotion, which is negative and physical, unlike feeling, which is positive and etherical, is chemically induced, the mood swings are simply chemical adjustments taking place. Some folks have experienced these mood swings rather profoundly, some only moderately, but everybody seems to have something to say about them. Fortunately, this does pass. In fact, you can feel it letting up by about six weeks and usually gone altogether within three months. These rock and rollers would appear out of nowhere, smacking me in the gut when least expected. Frankly, there were days when it was so bad I simply said, to hell with it, and didn't even try to jumpstart my way out. By the next day or two, though, The black cloud would have lifted, and I was back into my program full blast. But no matter what mood was left over from the day before, there was one morning ritual I created, loved, and never missed. That was beginning each morning with a loving conversation with my inner being, my expanded self. Down on my knees, out of reverence to the life I am, and to keep me bolted in one place while I did my thing, I'd outline my wants for the day, for the week, and the decade, pausing just long enough at each want to allow its feeling tone to wash through me. They were reverent moments, humorous and poignant, and I treasured them as part of my design program. I noticed an emptiness and lack of direction whenever I let the ritual slide, which I sometimes do all too frequently. On up days, I could turn on a high in a heartbeat, slipping with ease into the feeling place of whatever appreciation I had chosen for the day. On days that didn't start out up, it took a little longer, but the most thrilling thing to me was that up or down, fear of any kind was clearly taking more and more of a back seat. The down days had no specific focus of don't wants or stress, just basic doldrums. There was a new spring to my step, a song in my heart and on my lips, an almost constant smile on my face, and a thrill of life and wonder of creation I hadn't experienced since, since I don't know when. Although I had taught myself the year before to buzz without really knowing what I was doing, with the downward turn of the market, I had retained so much negative focus on outside conditions that I had long since forgotten about buzzing. But I was revving it up again like an excited rookie at spring training. I understood now that turning it on meant first getting my attention off the don't wants. Whether I was flowing to actual wants or to my appreciation item for the day or just for the fun of it, I knew I was at long last beginning to stop the flow of attraction by default. So I'd buzz, be in love, still one of my favorite up feelings, be enchanted with life, and feel the energy of high joy tingling throughout my body. By now I could flip switch either into a particular want or into my item of the day. If I found myself thinking about where the next loan was coming from, I'd instantly feel that soppy wet cloud around me, realize I was focusing on lack, and waltz myself right out of it. It was glorious. And my kicky new game of watching for those wild synchronicities that start to happen once a want gets launched was so entertaining. It was almost becoming an obsession. I would decide, in an upbuzz, to find a new restaurant with special views, superb food, and charming waiters. And in a day or two, a friend would call out of the proverbial blue with the suggestion of just such a place for us to visit. I put a special kind of heavy white work shirt on my want list, that stores had apparently discontinued. And three weeks later, I got a hit to go to an out-of-the-way discount store for some copy paper. Bingo! My shirt was hanging all by itself on display. The only one in the store. Although I don't eat much meat, I had a craving one day for a juicy hamburger, got another hit to go to a new hardware store, and found a brand new market had just opened next door, with the most deliciously fresh ground meat I had ever had. Over and over, there were obvious confirmations that living off higher frequencies was really working. My monthly ratio that used to be 30-30, 30 30 days out of 30 days with worry or anxiety, was now more like 17-0-13. 17 up, zero with actual fear or anxiety, and 13 in that weird downer. A colossal improvement any way you looked at it. But my eagerness to reap the rewards was dry docking me. As I look back, I can see I was looking for results in the form of dollars as early as two weeks, a really stupid thing to do, since all that did was keep my focus on what wasn't there. Finally, it was day 30. Where was my overflowing bank account? Why wasn't my phone ringing off the hook for loans? Why was it taking so long to implement my new ideas? There I was, once again, being disappointed over what hadn't happened. My continual, where is it, where is it, was the same old negative focus, just dressed up in a different costume. Actually, money was indeed starting to come, albeit in dribs and drabs. I watched fascinated. This strange constant stream of a little here, a little there, obviously in direct proportion to my vibrational focus. At least my valve was somewhat more open than closed. I wasn't going backwards. My checking account was either staying the same, beats me how, or growing ever so slightly. Never again has it gone backwards. It took a few months before I could allow the floodgates to open once again, but open they did. Not all at once, to be sure but gradually. One want after the other was finding its way to my door, some big ones and lots of fun little ones. And without any help from me except deep appreciation for the terrific product I had somehow produced, Life Course 101, the audiovisual program I had created in accidental joy before ever knowing about the law of attraction, began to take off like gangbusters in different parts of the world. I'd love to tell you that all my old habits were gone in 30 days, but of course that's not the case. Even today, with the money flowing in great abundance, it takes all my concentration to remember that what I accomplish is not about how hard I work or how smart I am, but how I'm flowing my energy. So I keep writing new scripts talking to myself constantly, and flip-switching. Now, instead of an appreciation of the day item, I have a want of the month to fall back on, which serves two purposes. It creates more vibrational time, therefore more passion for the energy to flow to a specific desire, and it gives me the safety net of always having something ready and waiting in the wings to flow to when I need it the most. Does it get easier? Good grief, yes, but if you're going to make a decision to take control of your life, have the things you want, do the things you want, be the person you want to be, and live the way you want with the people you want, there's something you might as well accept. You're in training for good. You'll have up days, down days, fantastic days, cruddy days, deeply emotional days, and days when you'll be ready to throw in the towel. Yet, I'd be willing to bet you won't, not now not knowing what you know, like it or not, it's doubtful you'll ever again be able to even feel a twinge of negative emotion without knowing you've just closed the door to all the things you ever wanted in life, be they material, physical, emotional, spiritual, or all of the above. So yes, this is a lifelong endeavor, and you're not going to learn it all in those first 30 days. You can break out of fear and worry in that first month, definitely. But then it's roll up your sleeves and plunge wholeheartedly into all the nuances of the four steps to deliberate creating. That is, if you want it all, prosperity, security, health, freedom, joy, aliveness, ingenuity, independence, fulfillment, your natural states of being, the way you were meant to be, the way you can be from here on in, if you're willing to give it the effort it takes. This is nobody's show but yours, and it always has been and always will be. Nobody has ever held you by the earlobes. Nobody has ever caused your life to be one way or the other. It's been your show from the outset, designed by how you were flowing energy, designed in every moment of every day by how you were feeling. Now it boils down to what you want to do with the rest of your life, and how willing you are to put forth the feeling effort to get it. So here are some quickies, a fast rehash of the most salient points to bear in mind as you move into this exhilarating new world of deliberate creation. The main steps. Step 1. Identify what you don't want. Step 2. Identify what you do want. Step 3. Find the feeling place of your want. Step four, expect, listen, and allow the universe to deliver. And step 4A, keep your blooming focus off those blankety-blank conditions. And that's the end of that section, but it's not the end of the book. I really thought I was going to get to the end today, but I don't want to make this podcast too long. So tomorrow, (laughs) I will definitely finish the book. But I really like what she said today. I really like that you know, we're all human. We're all going to have our good days, our not so good days. But the idea is to keep your valve open, to keep yourself focused on what you want, to keep yourself excited about it, knowing it's on its way. And then you'll start seeing evidence of it and then it will manifest. And it's so exciting when that happens. So again, thanks so much for listening. Re-listen to today's podcast because there was some great information in there. And again, I can be reached at lifecoachdavid.com if you're interested in getting some techniques, processes, and more ideas of how you can use Law of Attraction in your life every day to keep your life how you want it. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And as I always say, have a high vibration day.